Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today. Friday, Friday, happy Friday to everybody. It's time for the weekend. And I have a busy weekend this this time. It's a good thing I don't have a whole lot to, of work to do this weekend uh, because I will be everywhere, it seems, around the state. Funny because the moon will be in Gemini and it's a sign of short trips. So here I go off about 50 miles uh, south of me for a fundraiser and then heading west of me to an island where my son Wesley lives. It'll be a weekend of trips and doing some fun things. So today we have a lot to talk about and I, I always like to balance like what are we going to talk about? Um, you know, sometimes I want to talk about the transits or human design and then balance that with some kind of teaching. So this morning we're going to do both but there's a lot to talk about nonetheless. So I'm gonna dive right in. Um, I am going to be sharing my screen a couple of times, so bear with me while that transitions from what you see normally into a different screen. So that'll be good. Uh, good morning to Debbie Tibbetts, to Meal. She was the first one in there this morning. She beat me to the punch this morning. And it's good to see you out there though, Debbie and Tom. Hello there. Tom says, look out, here comes Pluto great day astro design clan it is indeed a great day and this whole week has been a week of firsts a week of new beginnings with the new moon the spring equinox or i have that backwards spring equinox new moon pluto into aquarius and we still have yet another change that'll be tomorrow when mars moves into cancer all of you should be feeling sort of this liveliness this um, edging into new territory. And I know that for some of you, it means you might feel extraordinarily tired, right? When we have a lot of changes going on, depending on how they're playing out in your own personal chart, you can either feel stimulated and activated, or you can feel sort of like, oh my God, I need to go back to bed and pull my covers over the head, right? That could be just the difference in how it is for each of you. Now, I have two brand new things to share with everybody today. Most of you already saw the first one and maybe even saw the second one, but uh, I want to dive in and get to that. Uh, Kajella, good morning. Joan Durchy, good morning. And Pam Zaruba, hello. Michelle Gay, good. Good morning. Andy Girl, hello. It's good to see you. Kamal, hello. He says, good morning and happy Pluto into Aquarius. I was looking at my husband this morning. I said, you know... By the time Pluto moves out of Aquarius, I will be 83 and you will be 87. <laughs> that just boggles my mind, right? I, 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 you just can't even imagine that. Good morning, uh, Kajela says she's, I, I am already very tired, just woke up. Uh, yeah, and happy Ramadan as well. I always, you know, I'm, I don't know the holidays like that very well. For some reason, I always thought Ramadan was in the fall. That must be something else. So happy Ramadan out there uh, for those of you who celebrate that. Uh, Christine Buckingham, hello to you as well. All right, let's dive in, shall we? Not to say not good morning to some of you out there, but if you do have questions or you do want to make some comments, go ahead. I'll come back at some point and look at that. I want to start this morning with the moon in Taurus. It is in Taurus today, all day, and will conjunct the planet Venus and Uranus. 
So we have quite the day ahead. If you think about the moon conjuncting Venus, it's about romance and the blush of love and how we are affectionate toward one another um, and brings love into its emotional uh, components. And then we have right after that, the conjunction to Uranus, which adds an element of excitement or inspiration, uh, perhaps great ideas or aha moments, and expect the unexpected, of course, maybe even for some people, that uh, explosion of emotion that comes up for some, for whatever reason, right? For uh, in whatever way, whether it's positive or not so positive. Now, while the moon is in Taurus, it stimulates the more grounded, stable parts of ourselves or, or kind of urges us to become more practical and more stable, more uh, in the loyal uh, category or the um, worthiness category. We want to be able to be more peaceful and harmonious. These are the the benefits of a Venus ruled sign and Venus in her own sign of rulership. So peace, harmony, nurturing, love, romance, affection, all heightened while the moon is in the sign of Taurus. This is a sign that also rules abundance. I often think of Taurians as master manifestors because they are very clear when they get very clear about what they want then they don't brook any disagreement to getting that, right? They just really get on board and go moving forward to what it is that they want. So I think of them as manifesting geniuses. Now you all have Taurus somewhere in your chart. So you may not have the sun in Taurus, but something in your chart is in Taurus. So you too have the potential for manifesting genius all the time, but particularly right now with the moon in Taurus. There's also artistry and craftiness, crafty as in not sly, but crafty as in creative. Uh, there's creativity in the sign of Taurus uh, as it's related to artistry. So, you know, I was thinking back to all the Tauruses I have in my life. And trust me when I say I am surrounded by Taurus everywhere, Taurus, Taurus everywhere. And every single one of them, from you, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, to my daughter, to my granddaughter, to my son-in-law, to my daughter-in-law, and I'm sure I'm missing some, are all very creative types, artists even. Um, Mackenzie, oh my gosh, she can draw and paint, and Heather is always trying some new craft and painting, and Erin uh, is very creative that way as well. It, it's just amazing. And Debbie, I know you're a painter. The paintings that you've done are just amazing. And so there is artistry here. It triggers maybe something deep within us, allowing that creative flow to come out. But as in all signs, there's always more negative sides as well. The potential for the negative or the lower energy signature is there. And this is where stubbornness can be a cause for concern with Taurus. They kind of dig those heels in, you know, those hooves. They get dug in and they don't want to move. They can become inflexible. They can become very materialistic or greedy. And that's more when their fear field is triggered, right? The second house and Taurus 
uh, rules things like money and financial abundance. So that when their fear gets triggered, it can lead them to a survival mindset that then can cause sort of that hoarding or materialistic uh, kind of, of issues. Now, of course, not all Tauruses are going to have that, but they can have that tendency, right? There might be tendency to stubborn inflexibility or maybe materialism or kind of keeping all the toys and resources to me uh, so that there's enough for me to thrive, not just barely survive. Now the moon tomorrow will be void almost all day from 9.20 a.m., this is Pacific Coast time now, until 5.42 p.m. So literally the entire day the moon is wobbling around, she's not making any new connections, so it's not a time to start something new. Timing-wise, I always think these things are interesting, right? It falls on a Saturday. This is a long void, of course, nearly eight hours long. And, you know, during that period of time, if not much can happen and it's a work day, then, you know, it kind of makes the flow of the day kind of get stuck. Well, Saturday, who cares, right? We're playing or we're reading or relaxing or catching up, doing, you know, shopping, that kind of thing. And at 5.42 p.m. when it ends, it'll be interesting because that's around the time that the fundraiser starts that I'm going to tomorrow. And that's when the moon will shift into Gemini, where she will stay for the rest of the weekend. It'll be a great weekend for networking then, uh, for talking with one another, marketing, fundraising. I can't think of a better sign for the moon to be in than Gemini for that. And then on Sunday, of course, the moon will be in Gemini all day. We'll start the week next week, I believe, with the moon in, uh, yep, moon will be in Gemini on Monday. So get ready for communication, for the mind to be activated, for emotions to kind of be set off to the side a little bit in favor more of the logical step-by-step uh, -step sort of thinking processes uh, to be apparent for all of us. Now, as well, we have tomorrow Mars moving into Cancer. It has been so long since Mars changed signs, right? He, he moved into uh, the sign of Gemini on August 20th. And then because he was retrograde from October 30th until January 12th, all in the sign of Gemini. And then now we've had this extended period of time of his being in that sign nearly, I think it's seven months and some days, right? Long period of time. So while Mars was in Gemini, though, there was a sort of sync between the two, the, the planet ruling a fire sign and air being Gemini's realm. So they were mutually working together. Even in the retrograde, there could have been ideas and inspiration and things like that still flowing, even if there wasn't clear direction yet on what do I do with this idea? Where do I go with this idea? But now it'll be interesting because Mars is in cancer, in cancer is in its fall. Now a planet in its fall doesn't work very well. And what fall means in its fall means that it is in the sign opposing where it is its strongest. And Mars is its strongest in the sign of Capricorn. It's exalted in Capricorn. And so the opposite sign of Capricorn is Cancer, and that puts Mars moving through a sign of its fall. Now, he will be in the sign of Cancer from March 25th tomorrow all the way until May 20th. 
So then on May 21st, he moves into the sign of Leo, again, into a fire sign. So these next couple of months are going to be a little bit tricky while the planet of action and forward momentum is moving through a water sign. What does fire and water bring? Steam, right? What does steam do? Well, it burns. Trust me, I know. I've done it a hundred times. But steam can also be put to work for good uses. So which way will we go? Well, that's going to remain up to each one of us and how we move through this energy. Now, I also want to remind you that we I haven't talked about this in a while, but Mars is out of bounds. And that means he's got a little more intensity to him. He's burning a little hotter, maybe a little brighter, um, a little more conflict or confrontational. So keeping that in mind, and a planet that's out of bounds means that it's moving through a declination greater than that of the sun. So the sun's greatest declination is 23 degrees, 17 minutes, I think, something like that. And uh, if a planet, any other planet goes beyond that 2317, then they're called out of bounds, which gives them more intensity. And it usually is very much more disruptive energy. So meaning that the more negative aspects of the sign or excuse me, of the planet is being brought to the surface. So Mars kind of confrontation and conflict or acting first, thinking later kind of thing could be something that we are grappling with within our lives. So there's always that, right? We can contend with this. Now, steam burns, as I said, or you can put it to work for you. And if you put it to work for you, then you have a sort of energy that grows legs, that takes on some perseverance, right? That stays the course. Cancer is a sign that is very willing, capable, and able to stay the course or to see when change is necessary and make those changes. Now, we may have a tendency toward passive aggression during those next couple of months because there's moodiness here. The moon is moody, in, and or, excuse me, cancer is moody. It's ruled by the moon. So there's moodiness, there's emotionalism. And when you put a planet like Mars into a sign that rules emotion and mood, you have conflict, you have confrontations. Now, those confrontational energies may be more apparent, especially when we are uh, sensing that we're kind of losing our security in some way, where things are coming undone, or where we have, um, you know, this feeling that it, it's wobbly, right? That there's that there's no that we're on sand and not on solid ground, and as well threatened, right? In some way, our our sanctity is threatened, or our home is threatened, or our survival is threatened, right? It's interesting because the United States, as a cancer uh, country, has often been in a state of threat, and then we respond accordingly to the threat, right? So. We in if you have cancer uh, in you know a prominent place in your chart, that area of your life is where you often feel more defensive or where you need to protect yourself more. So we all have cancer somewhere in the chart, and that is where it is you need to pay attention to what's happening. We can become more defensive, but also more protective of ourselves, our family, of one another, our properties. We can become more intuitive. It is in a water sign. Water is intuitive. It's memory. 
There's also something interesting that happens when planets go through cancer, and sometimes that's a state of nostalgia. We may find ourselves, you know, looking back at pictures uh, or, you know, yearning for the good old days or things like that. So uh, we want to be more with our family and maybe there's other, there's traditions that we want to go back to and that kind of thing. Personal goals will be more important now as well. Interesting because cancer is a goal-oriented sign. It picks up some of the uh, progress orientation of Capricorn at its other end. So it's more personalized goals, though, not necessarily goals for our, our corporate uh, jobs or our businesses. It's more personal, like how I might want it to change myself or things that I might want to adopt in my life. And it's connection at the emotional level between all of us, right? So we are not just connecting, you know, person to person. We're connecting heart to heart, but also solar plexus to solar plexus, right? Emotion to emotion. Now, that means, of course, then if we're connecting on the emotional level, we need to learn the difference between reaction and response. So when we get triggered, and likely we are going to be in some way, shape, or form over those next couple of months, we have to learn what is it that we want to do? How do we want to respond? As opposed to the knee-jerk reactive energies that we might kind of, you know, go to first, right? Those are old kind of uh, habits that we can get ourselves into. And doing that then may be something of a problem for us. So we want to be able to be, take care and breathe, <sighs> then decide what you're going to say or do to in response. And maybe the best thing to do is to just to let things kind of roll off your shoulders, right? Don't take it personally. Um, allow that other people who are not in the astrological know may be reactive and not responsive. So you get to be the one that is in response, right? You could say something to someone who's trying to attack you verbally. I get that you're very emotional about this. I understand that. But let's table this conversation until we have cooler heads or something to that effect, right? Using your own words. So we, get, we need to become masters and mistresses of response energy instead of reactive energy. All right. So let's go back here. JLo, good morning. Natasha, good morning. Uh, you're going to be at the Emerald Spiral Fair tomorrow, hopefully the toward the end of the day, perhaps while Gemini energy is, uh, uh, so maybe Sunday would be the better of the two days, because I think it's a weekend fair, isn't it? Uh, J-Lo, interesting, my sister just called me asking for help. She is a Cancer. Awesome. Ceres in Cancer, the Mama Bear. Yes, indeed, second house Cancer with Saturn there. So that means that Mars will be passing over your natal Saturn, J-Lo. Any planets that you have in Cancer will be affected. Now, this brings me to two things that I have for you this morning. So I'm going to put a pin in, in the next thing that I want to share, which is the human design energy of the week. Uh, I will come back to that. But in the meantime, I'm going to share my screen and show you that I have a new program on my website for those of you who want to get human design charts. Now, there's no limit to how many charts you can get this way. It's not limited by my time because it's a program that allows you to do it all yourself, right? You could do it yourself. So I'm going to take you to my website. Let me see if I share my screen first. Usually it works better that way. And here we go. 
Now, what you're seeing is the new page for you to create your own human design charts and reports. It's not just the chart, it's report and chart for yourself, your family, your friends. Even if you do this sometimes as a side uh, with your to uh, get people's human design charts for your coaching or counseling business, that type of thing. And you can watch this video if you want to for instructions on how to use this. But I thought today we would test this out. And you can see it's also adopted a current transit chart. So here it will give you the list of the gates that are all being impacted today. And today there is the 2551 that's still activated. And that means that we have um, a channel that is connecting two centers. So they become defined or colored in, right? So you see how those centers became colored in. Now, let's say you wanted to do your own chart. I'm just going to use my information for here because I know mine without thinking too much about it. And then you're going to enter in your date of birth. So it starts with the year. You'll want to enter in the first couple numbers. Otherwise, you have to scroll all the way back. And once I get to the 60s here, I can go to my birth year, the birth months. I'll drop down menu and then the birth date. And I'm going to start it with one, nine. There we go. The hour, seven and 58 in the morning, place of birth. It'll pop up for you. Did you see that? I just typed in a few letters. It pops up. And then I can click on view your chart. Oh, I have to. There we go. Oh, the minute went away. There we go. Uh, 58. Okay, see what can happen. You have to make sure you drop down the menu, click on what it is you want to enter into that box. And now your chart comes up. It gives you both your personality, your design. And I took these away. I have no idea what those really are. It has something to do with the more uh, traditional human design. I never really learned what that is. But then you can scroll down and you see all of the information about who you are, your profile, your incarnation cross, your not self theme, your decision making strategy, and then the channels that are defined with a very small little uh, blurb about those channels. And then down at the bottom, you can download your body graph chart and free report. And when you click on download now, There we go. When you click on download now, it's going to pop this up and give you the opportunity to save that report or just open it if you'd like, right? So all of that is on my website, absolutely free for you to use. You can go in as many times as you want to, to gather as many, um, as many charts as you want and all for free. Now, I wanted to also show you, you can download it in a PDF if you want instead. And here you can create a new relationship chart. Now, this is the part that I thought was so cool. It does not have a report associated with it yet. I still need to write that report. But if you click on open um, the relationship chart, now because it's already holding on to your personal information, you want to put in the person that you want it to show your relationship with. So again, I'm going to have to change the information 
I'm going to put in my husband's information just because I know his as well. And he was born at 448. And he was born in Long Beach, California, right there. And then when I click on view the chart, what you see is his chart on the right, my chart on the left, and the chart of the two of us together. And then you get a blurbs about each one of you. And then you get a blurb here in the middle that talks about how your charts come together and what channels are uh, defined. Now, again, this is just preliminary, this part, because I haven't associated it yet with a report and I haven't gotten any you know, uh, description yet for you all on what it means to have a connection theme, a dominance channels, compromise channels, electromagnetic channels, all of that. But at least you can see. Now, when, you know, the things just to tell you right off the top of my head, what to look for is first of all, look at what centers are still open for your partner or your friend or your family member and which ones are open for you. And then look at how they define when they come together. So Terry and I each have open um, centers, but when we what he has open, I have defined, and vice versa. So when we come together, we form a nine-centered uh, uh, body graph. So that is always interesting to me. It is a connection theme that says nine and O, oh, nowhere to go. I laugh at that because. There's lots of places to go, but you tend to work as a unit as opposed to separate entities, but you have your own identities. So any questions about this? I'm going to go back to StreamYard. Um, could this be any relationship or any relationship, Christine? You could put your kids in there. You could do that with your best friend. You can do it with your neighbor that you have problems with um, or that you, you know, absolutely adore. Get people's birth informations and try it out. Take it for a spin. It is absolutely free for you to do. Now, it is also uh, at some point I will have more reports available for you. Uh, this afternoon, I, I have a webinar to learn more about how to do that because this is like big, big thing, right? How to put all this together. So um, if you uh, are, you know, having any questions or any problems by using it, let me know. Um, let me know, you know, because, you know, if it's something that I can fix, I will fix it or I can take it to the people, the powers that be and ask them for clarity on how to do it. So play with it. It's so cool. I love it. I even got to put it in my own website colors. Uh, there are lots of different ways that it can uh, show up. All right. So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing that I have to share with you today, I cannot even tell you how many times people ask me, questions about where planets are in their own chart. So for example, this morning, I'm sitting here talking about Mars going into Cancer. And your question is like, well, where's Cancer in my chart? What planets do I have in Cancer? Do I have any planets in Cancer? Should I be you know, interested in what's in Cancer? And the answer is yes, you should be excited about anything in Cancer because we have a major planet moving through that sign. But you need to find where that information is. So I have created a chart that we're going to try to fill out for for you know you this morning. Hold on while I open up that um, 
there we go. And uh, it's called an Astro Design Planetary Grid. Now, this I'm going to try to fill out a little bit to give you some help as to how to utilize this. It's going to be two pages. The first page is all of the inner planets from the sun all the way through Mars, including the nodes and the moon and the Earth, right? Human design has the Earth in it. And then the outer planets, Jupiter through Chiron. And I might even add the ascendants and the midheavens and things like that to this as time goes on. But here's the usefulness of this. In one place, you're going to be able to see where all of your planets are. Now, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve to use this, right? Because we're going to, you're going to need to know, you're going to have to have your own human design chart and your own astrology chart so you can get this information. So, for example, uh, I'm going to use mine again, just for an example. I'm a Gemini, and underneath this, I can put what degree my sun is at. And then I can hit tab and go to the next grid. And this is printable, by the way, so you can handwrite this. When you print it, it's actually pretty big. Um, I printed one out yesterday. Uh, where did I put it? That would be the next question. Um, hmm. Clever Janet. I put things off somewhere. Well, whatever. When you print it out, it prints out big enough for you to handwrite in it. And so I know that my son in Gemini is in the 12th house. Then you can even write little notes in there about the house, right? This is the house of the unconscious um, and uh, secrets, uh, self-sabotage, etc. right? You can just put little notes in there. Now, the beauty of this is I can also add in my human design gate, this is gate 12 for me. But how I would do it is I would put it, the uh, the design gate would be the gate 425 for me, and then the gate 12. So I know both my personality and my design, or my design and my personality. And you can even do this with pretty color pens. You can make this part red right? Because it's the design side of the, of the thing. And underneath it, you know, I could put the channel or uh, the gate uh, 25 is, what is the gate 25? It is the love of spirit. And the 12 is openness, right? So you can put little notes like that. Then over here, I left this one blank. In my copy that I had that I was working with Michelle yesterday, um, I wrote in what the gene keys were for me, right? The gene keys, the different uh, words for shadow, gift, and city for both the gate 25 and the gate 12, right? And then you can go on like this all the way through. Now, the one that might be tricky for you astrologically is the earth, because on a chart, earth doesn't really show up. Earth shows up in your human design, but your earth is going to be exactly opposite of your sun. So I have a Sagittarius earth at 2804 of Sagittarius because it's exactly opposite, right? And then I know that my Earth then is going to be in the exact opposite house. Opposite of the 12th is the 6th. It is the house of work, service, health, healing, humanitarianism. I could put more words in here because I'm using it on my website or on my uh, uh, computer. And in my human design, that falls at the gate 46 and the gate 11. And again, I can take and highlight this red, or if I was doing this by hand, I would do this with a red pen. 
and then I would know that is the gate of the love of the physical and ideas. And then I could put notes over here, right? And then you can go down, 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 okay? Now in your, let me stop sharing this. I've made this available to you already. Uh, where's StreamYard? Hello, StreamYard. Okay, so I made this available for you already in the description of the video today underneath it on YouTube. It will be, it's also on the Facebook event page, but I'm going to have to go back in afterwards today and I'll put the link for it. You can download that free. I will eventually put it on my website as well. Now, a quick little lesson, okay, here that... Um, how do you find the degrees that your planets are at, right? So how did I know that my son is at Gemini? I mean, I know I'm a Gemini. I think everybody would know what their sign is. But what degree? How do I know that? Well, I went to my chart. This is not my chart, but I went to my chart and I looked at the degree that the sun was at. Now, let's just do that here. Let's pretend this is the chart of a person. And here's uh, the sun today is right here. I can't read the degrees. I'm going to have to do that here. It's two degrees, 39 minutes. Or is that three degrees? Three degrees, 30 minutes. So these little numbers right next to the sun are the degrees. So when you have your own chart, you're going to see the numbers. The bigger number, uh, the bigger printed number is the degree. The smaller printed number is the minutes. Now, do you need the minutes? Only if you are so inclined, right? You could use, uh, like for me, I could have rounded my sun off to 28 degrees, right? Because 0.04 was the, the minutes. Um, with the, the sun at uh, 338, then it is probably, I could round it up to four. Now I wanna show you where else you can get this. At the bottom of your chart is a grid that's like this here. And all the planets are listed and their current degrees are listed right here. So if you don't wanna do it from the planet in the chart itself, just come down to the bottom here and you will find them as well. Now that's if you've used an astro.com chart, uh, but, other charts will have the degrees listed in the same way that it might just be a grid that looks a little different, okay? So now you have all of your planets, all of the degrees of the signs, all of the houses that'll be affected by that, and even what human design gate that might be affected. And gene keys, if you want to go that far right? You could do it. You could do it. So when I'm sitting here talking this morning, if you had gone further, I would look and see what's in cancer. Well, the only thing I have in cancer is mercury. I would have seen that mercury was in cancer. So I would know that with Mars moving through cancer, that I'm going to have my mercury touched on at some point, right? So conversation, conflict may be in, in my mind or things like that coming up. And uh, also would know that that's in the first house. So it's going to be affecting me personally. So it is something that is going to help you get organized around where all of your information is. And I expect that you guys will have questions on how to use it. I will expect that you have questions on, did I put the right information in? So we have time over the next, you know, for forever, right, to 
ask me questions about how to use that grid, okay? Now, it's printable. It is also, um, you can share it with others if you want, and you can save it. It's a Google Doc, and if you have Google Docs, you can just keep it right in your Google Docs, and it'll be, so I, I tried to make it as useful as possible. It doesn't always show up as well on a phone or a cellular device. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if that was just something that Michelle and I were experiencing yesterday while testing it out, or if I need to do something different to make it more mobile friendly. So if, you know, my advice would be for right now, at least look at it on a laptop or computer or a, you know, bigger device and then print it, print it if possible. Uh, because then you have access to it uh, for, you know, printing and keeping in a file, right? Your little notebook that you have together with your human design chart and your your astrology chart for us when we talk about things in the morning. So, all right, let's see. How's everybody reacting to this? Thank you, JLo says. Please take a moment and hit the like button. I always forget this part. Thank you for the reminder, JLo. Please hit the thumbs up button if you are on YouTube and the like button if you are on Facebook. Please share the video with others if that is something you would like to do. Kajela says, you are amazing. Thank you. This will help a lot of people further understand the system. Exactly. Here's the thing because I so all often blend all of this together, right? Uh, I don't just take one and then the other. Often I'm, you know, blending these together. This is going to help everybody be able to blend your their information together and see the bigger picture. Pam says, awesomeness, been wanting to do charts together, especially myself and my mother. Oh, absolutely. Go for that. And yes, you're welcome, Christine. And you guys, uh, you know, if you have other ideas, if there's other information you would like to see, don't hesitate to let me know. Uh, I'm going to be talking to Tom later on today to get some of his opinions, which is a great segue to talk about <laughs> where we are in our human design week. Starting tomorrow on the 25th, uh, we move into the sun at the gate 17 and the earth at the gate 18. Now, the gate 18 is on the spleen, so the earth begins her seven-week transit through all of the gates of the spleen. This is exactly opposing the fall when it's the sun that moves through all the gates of the spleen. The reason why that's important is because the spleen is often the place where fear is triggered for us. In fact, every gate on the spleen center doubles as a fear or paralysis point in our charts or in our lives. So as we so as we start moving through these next seven weeks, we will also be grappling at times with the shadow expression of that gate or of the combo of the sun and the earth. We might have fears that are triggered within us. And of course, in human design, what do we always say? You feel the fear and you do it anyway, right? You face it, you you know, unless you're on a dark alley somewhere, you know, where danger's lurking, uh, you feel the fear and you keep proceeding, right? You keep doing, you keep going. Now, 
the gate 17. Let's break this one down first. This is where the sun is going to be. And in traditional human design, this is called the gate of opinions. In quantum human design, it is called the gate of anticipation. And by the way, that blank side over there in that um, uh, astro design grid could be a place where you put in the quantum human design names of your gates if you wanted to. Okay, 17, what is the lesson? What are we here to learn this week with the sun at this gate? Well, we're here to learn to share our ideas, our thoughts, our opinions, our inspirations when we are asked by someone to share rather than blurting out um, or sharing without that invitation. This is a channel that we say in human design is projected right? It's projected energy. So it is an energy that has to be pulled out of us or invited out of us. Now, another um, potential expression of the sun here is letting doubt creep in. So because this is the lesson that we're learning, we're learning to trust our intuition, trust what we know, trust our ideas, and not let doubt creep into what we know. Now, the shadow energy, because we've got to deal with the shadow, because, of course, it's all, we are going to have the earth triggering that. And we have to deal with what the earth is going to bring us first before we can actually encapsulate or embrace all that the 17 has to offer. So the shadow here is about embracing and speaking or acting from opinions. Right. Everybody has one or an unproven truth. Right. So. We have a lot of different things, unproven truth. Now, what does that mean, right? So in, um, in science, this particular gate would be the hypothesis, right? The, the idea that we have, it is not yet proven. We may have co colloquial evidence that something is true, right? We might have seen or have heard about something that might be true, but it's not tested yet. So this gate is the place in our scientific method where we would put to the test an idea, an inspiration, uh, an invention, that type of thing. So it is where we, in the shadow, we might be embracing it as a truth, but it hasn't yet been proven to be true, right? So we have to watch for that. And then further, we may be starting to create narratives or stories around that truth, so-called truth, and spreading that to others in a way that isn't positive. Have we not seen this going on in our world, right? Round and round and round. And uh, that then can be leading stories that create doubt or uncertainty in others or that create negativity, all from something that is an opinion and unproven truth. So we have to watch for that in the highest in best, right? In the way, and if we're looking at this energy in the highest, it is where we are stretching ourselves, where we are anticipating what more is possible. Like if we're going to test a theory, perhaps, or a hypothesis, what is the expectation of what we are going to see at the end of the experiment, right? Are we going to see that we've created a new, uh, uh, a new element, a, a new, um, I don't know, chemical, a new vaccine, a new, you put, you fill in the blank, whatever it is we're testing. Is it going to be the test of how gravity works differently in the cosmos? Um, 
whatever those ideas are, we're putting them to the test. And then we are inspiring others with the words that in, that embrace that possibility, right? And then sharing our ideas that expand the potential once we have the results of the hypothesis being tested. Now, it, you know, that's not to say that we're leading our lives in a scientific way this week. No, that's not exactly what I mean either, right? This is the idea of sharing ideas and possibilities, but being able to state them that way, right? Is it possible that if we do X, Y, Z, then we can create this other thing over here? Not, I, if I do this, I'm creating this, and then you all have this because it hasn't been tried and tested yet, okay? So again, this can apply to all kinds of things in our lives because we all have opinions about things. We all believe certain key things. And if it's not a truth, if it's unproven, and you're sharing that with other people, then you're doing a disservice. You're tapping into the shadow and creating fear and doubt and suspicion. So we're gonna watch that uh, over the course of the next week, right? Now, the earth, the earth is always going to be the one that's going to show us what we have to ground in first, if we want to get to the highest expression of the sun. Okay, does that make sense, right? The earth, if we live on the earth, right? We don't live on the sun. So the sun shows us the potential, the earth tells us what we got to what we got to do to get there, right? So because we live on the earth, and or it might be what we have to learn first in order to reach the highest expression of the sun and how um, the sun is playing at gate 17 is going to play out on earth is going to be how we how the sun how the highest expression of 17 can play out on earth is going to be determined by how well we deal with the earth at gate 18. now the gate 18 is called the gate of correction in quantum human design, uh, or I mean, not, excuse me, in traditional human design. Sometimes I've seen it, the gate of judgment, right? In uh, quantum human design, this is the, hold on, I got to tell you because I don't remember off the top of my head. Quantum human design, the 18 is the gate of realignment correction, right? Realignment and correction, they kind of go together. They're just words right? Just words. So in the earth at gate 18, it's on the spleen center. And the spleen center is far away from the throat. It is far away from the sacral or unless you have planets that connect up those two centers, there's really nothing that you can take action on here, except for waiting for the right timing. And right timing then to share your insights or your criticisms or your corrections, your judgments, your uh, how correction will make things better is in right timing, which means it comes with an invitation. Someone says, tell me how this looks on me, right? Or I call you up and I say, hey, can you tell me how this form works for you? Right up until then, you didn't really have an opening or you shouldn't have jumped into an opening unless you have that permission, if you will, or the invite to do so. Now, there's pattern recognition here in this channel as well or in this gate, because the pattern is this on the 18, 
I'm sitting facing the gate of joy, the gate 58, right, on the, on the root center. And as I sit at 18, I can see how I could correct the pattern, how I could make something better that would become more joyful or make more of a joyful expression. I can see how a correction then would make things better, right? Really, it's about realigning to, to joyfulness, to bliss, to happiness, right, to um, something that makes us feel better, hmm, right? So you have to think about that. It's not about being right. This is not a place where you are meant to correct people so that you have a feeling of being right. Rather, it's about restoring joy or a pattern that brings us to joy. So there is pattern recognition here. So the earth at this gate then is telling us we've got to learn how to use our constructive criticism in the right way with an invitation so that we can help people help ourselves restore joy or a pattern that leads to uh, happiness. Now in the shadow, this energy can be critical, can be judgy. Um, without understanding the impact on others, we blurt, you know, something out uh, about what something looks like, about what they've said, uh, you know, any number of things. We've all been there, right? <laughs> uh, it's fault finding and nitpicking, right? Nitpicking at people. This is perfectionism gone wrong in the shadow. It's the, uh, the nitpicking at ourselves even that stops forward momentum, that stops action going forward. And the fear, because there's fear here, it's on the spleen center. So there's always going to be this possibility of the fear being expressed. And the fear is about not being perfect or perfect enough right? I'm not good enough. No one or nothing will ever be perfect, right? I'm never going to find the right person. I'm never going to find the right job. I'm never going to be the perfect person to fit into that outfit, whatever it is, right? Nothing or no one will ever be perfect. And the other fear that comes up here is a resistance to authority. Interesting, right? People that tend to try to resist anybody else's authority over them. Now, I'm not saying that you should let people have authority over you, but resistance of authority can become a habit, a habitual pattern that creates, um, you know, conflict and confrontation in your life uh, when there's anyone, anybody that you perceive as having authority over you, right? So I think we've all seen people like that who just because, you know, because that person they 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 think is their boss or somebody, they, they do everything they can to resist what that person says. In the highest, in the highest, which is where we aim, right? We want to go to the highest here. We're perceiving what is off or what's not correct yet. And then we initiate action to correct it. Right. We take a step. We go, mm, I think that might be better if I just, you know, adjust the color a little bit, if I adjust the spacing a little bit, that kind of thing. And in doing so that it, we, we make those changes to maximize joy, not to be nitpicky, not to be perfectionistic, not to keep doing and doing and not ever putting something out. But this is also great diagnostic energy. We become great diagnosticians. We can see what's wrong, what's off, how to perfect. 
And that's, a, of course, a, a feature of being in the, the highest of this energy, the highest uh, of the, the gate 18. Now, for the next six weeks after this week, we're going to be dealing with each of those shadow energies in turn. And that gives us an opportunity to ground in uh, reducing fear, right? And now we have the Saturn in Pisces, which is also about the walls that we're, we're breaking down, the barriers that we're breaking down. And one of the biggest barriers we have are the fears that we hold. So this is the first signal that even though we've had this crazy month of, of March, now we have all of April that is going to show us how it is that we can start to reduce fear in our lives by creating the uh, doing, you know, anything except succumbing to fear, right? Don't succumb to the fear. Do what you need to do. I hope that makes sense. Questions. Uh, J-Lo says, my pearl and she's speaking, that's a Gene Keys uh, sequence. The Pearl sequence is at 17.5 and Pluto at 18.6. 18.4 will be hanging out this week. Oh, shoot, my 2750 is helping them communicate. I'm in trouble. Nah, 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 nah. But what you could do is see where your need for perfection has maybe held you back or where um, you are consistently nitpicking at yourself before you launch something or before you go and do something. And it could even start to show up where what you think of as nurturing energy, the 2750 is all about nurturing. And the 50 is a fear gate. It's on the spleen, right? And it's the fear that I'm going to fail in my responsibilities to my fellow humans or to my family or to my friends or my community, my tribe, right? So the, that fear then might have you sharing more opinions or giving people ideas so that they wouldn't fail, right? You, you might really think you're doing this as a, a sort of nurturing, but it could fall into smothering versus nurturing. So you want to watch that, JLo, for the next couple of weeks for yourself. All right. So JLo, I have Pluto in 18. Is he about to prank me? Oh, that would have been funny, right? He is, a, he's not necessarily the prankster type. He's much more serious than that. He's serious about our transformation, right? He's serious about our letting go of fear. The transiting Pluto is at the gate 60. And that's all year long, right? He does not deviate. He moves from line to line, but he stays in the gate 60. So everybody could could learn a lot about themselves and about what is transforming in our world by doing a deep dive into the gate 60. And once you fill out your grid, you're going to know whether you have any planetary placements at gate 60. And if you did, like I do, I have Saturn there on both sides. I have Jupiter there on the design side. So there's something about the gate 60, which is really called the gate of acceptance, I believe, or uh, limitation, the gate of limitation, that is a lesson that I'm definitely learning. And at this point in my life, learning it in a big way with Pluto sitting at it. So this is why this grid, once you fill this out, is going to be so helpful. Just at a glance, you're going to go, oh, yeah. And the re now you could just as easily do that with your chart, 
right? But sometimes the chart gets a little more confusing for people. So now you have tools in two ways, right? You can look at the chart, see the degree, see the houses, see the gates, see the channels, see the centers. You could do that. But you also have it easy on a grid, right? That you can see quickly. Do I have anything in cancer? No. Do I have anything in, uh, but you still have cancer in your chart, by the way. It's just not, there's not a planet in it, let's say. So that is uh, the reason I did that. So JLo, OMG, I'm always doing that. Janet, nitpicking everything, saying it's not time, right? Relax, right? If it's the right time, you'll know because you've been invited to share or you've been invited to constructively criticize or to perfect or to care for. Otherwise, you know, it's not that time right? Those might be opinions that you have. Like, for instance, um, I can't remember how old your youngest daughter is. I want to say she's 17 or going to be 18 or going to be 17, something like that. And as she is growing up and becoming an adult, it would be very tempting as the mother to keep on her about your opinions about what she should do, how she should dress, how she should behave in public, how she should be with her friends, what she should be doing with her spare time, blah, 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 blah. But those are your opinions, right? Now, when she was younger, of course, and, you know, a child, that would be a different story. Then you would have had to guide and direct her in a more um, reactive way, let's say. I hate to use that word, but more reactive. Now it's different because she's old enough to make key decisions on her own, but you may still get stuck in that mothering energy and, you know, not realizing she's got to be free to make her own mistakes at this point in time. She will be 18 this year. Yeah. So she's still a minor. And that means you still have responsibility up until that point. But even so, at 17, she there are definite decisions that she can make and definite decisions that you should let her make and not say anything much about it unless she asks, Mom, what do you think if I did this? Then you have the opening that you need to share. Right. But if she never says anything to you, like, I want to know what you think about me getting a job over here at this place. Then don't blurt out to her that you think that's the dumbest move she's ever made in her life. Right. That would not go over well. But the other thing that you could do is hmm, I have some thoughts about that uh, working for that employer. Do you want me to share them with you? And if she says yes, then different story. You have permission to share. Um, without that, though, if she says, nope talk to the hand. I don't want to hear it, mom. Then you have to honor that and not say what it is that you want to say. Uh, yeah, old enough to be drafted, but not old enough to vote. I don't know about that one. Uh, anyway, all right. So that brings me to the end of the show today. I am going to draw us a card for the weekend. And assuming I can get all my junk out of the way here. Uh, let's see, what kind of deck do we want today? I think I need a Galactic Heritage card today. So that is what we're going to draw. And this is a huge deck. So just one minute while I do some thinking about my question, which is, how do we best use the energy of the weekend? Oh, hello. And we got Andromeda, number six, New Paradigm. Andromeda Parallel. 
So this is the first time we've ever gotten this card. Andromeda being a star system, right? The Andromedan star system, very close to Earth, probably one of the closest systems to Earth or to our solar system. New paradigm. Let's see what this means for us. We could guess what this means for us. Okay. So remember, this is a fairly long read. So uh, just sit back and relax. Every culture adheres to a specific paradigm of reality. Earth's paradigm has to do with polarity. The Andromedan paradigm is about experiencing the unexpected and being in a state of constant change. When we are in foreign terrain where we don't know the rules, we have to use our inner compasses to navigate. We all have one, but few know how to use it. Uh, this card tells you that change is coming both to your planet and to your individual life. Learn how to operate in a foreign paradigm by accessing that inner compass. Your evolution can be not only painless, but joyful. I like that idea. The commentaries for cards three, four, and five, this is six, so uh, for the previous cards, help will help you understand how to apply the wisdom for this card because the information provides insight into the nature of Andromedan consciousness in contrast to the challenges of life as a human being. And just by the way, those cards were fluidity, uh, confusion, and change. So change, confusion, fluidity, and then new paradigm. All right. Uh, once we have made progress in acknowledging and living as our true nature, a fluid state of integration in constant change and evolution, the natural result is the creation of a new paradigm. This is one of the reasons for turmoil on Earth now. The evolutionary directive for growth is conflicting with the habitual fears of change. We've been talking a lot about this. That kind of conflict creates a circumstance in which it seems that nothing on a societal or planetary level can move forward progress becomes stuck. While this may be happening on Earth now, it may also be happening within you. When you stop resisting change and always seeking safety, you create a new empowered paradigm through which you can live your life. This personal paradigm shift greatly affects the mass consciousness field of Earth and fosters a planetary paradigm shift as well. But first, you have to walk into the unknown with the only map that matters, the one that comes from within you. The Andromedan consciousness is always supporting you. Their energy gently guides and encourages a profound personal and planetary shift in consciousness based on the pure, fluid nature of consciousness itself. Woof! New paradigm, Andromeda in the parallel, a parallel to Earth. All right. Uh, last week's meetup was really good, JLo. I, I do have the recording. If you'd like me to send that to you, I can do that. And uh, then I also have something else new coming. I'm dying to tell you, but I can't right now. Just know there's more new coming down the pike soon for all of you. All right. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Bye for now.